This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast, episode 102. I'm one of your hosts, Ray Ray, and my co-host, Breezy, is in Nashville still because she was at the stadium series watching one of her teams, the Nashville Predators, as they played against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay won that game, but it was an incredible game all around. I watched it, obviously Breezy watched it. And coming up in a couple minutes or so, um, you're going to hear from Breezy. She is going to go over all of the highlights, her experience. She also said she was really cold and it was only 40 degrees. So she might be reconsidering um, going to outdoor games in temperatures that are colder than that. But uh, you'll hear from her in a second. I want to talk about the uh, stadium series game in a second, but I also want to tell you about our guest who is on this week. We spoke to Frank Longo. He is the assistant coach and goalie scout for the Varsity Women's Hockey Program at Nipissing University in, that's in Canada. And he is the head goalie scout for his own independent scouting uh, agency as well, where he does cover some NHL draft prospects. We had such an incredible conversation with him to really hear what scouting is like. So for anybody who is playing hockey or parents who have kids that play hockey, or even if you're just a fan of NHL players and want to know how that scouting process goes, it's pretty interesting to hear from his perspective of what they look for, but he's also a coach too. So he really covers the breadth of what it takes to be an all around really star athlete, star hockey player. And you're going to love the one piece of advice he gave um, to anybody who wants to improve their game. It was really surprising, but we've heard it before from another guest on how to really be a well-rounded hockey player. Um, You'll really like his answer. I don't want to give it away, but um, you'll have to listen for that. Uh, He also addresses some of the common misconceptions that think that players might think are more important than other aspects of the game, like when you're training. And we also talked about the mental aspect of the game with him. How does he train coach players? And um, what does that all involve when you are, you know, training to be this top level athlete. He also has a goal of one day winning the Stanley cup by helping an NHL organization, um, as their goaltending scout. So we'll hear about that and we'll hear if his favorite NHL team has anything to do with it. Um, but you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Frank. It's a different look at, Um, an aspect of the game of hockey that we all love um, hearing from a coach and a scout um, and just hearing how that 
impact and that perspective affects players on the ice. So stay tuned for that. And without further ado, let's hear from somebody who was actually at the game, who sent me lots of pictures, posted pictures on social for us, and hear from Breezy herself. What's up, guys? Breezy here reporting from Nashville. Went to the stadium series this past Saturday. It was so fun. Um, The Nashville Predators and the Tampa Bay Lightning put on an incredible show. All the fans were so nice, so friendly. I didn't even see any fights break out, which is so cool, especially since there's over 68,000 people there. Uh, Gosh, what a new... God, I don't even know what to say. That was an incredible experience. It was so cold. I may take back wanting to go to a winter classic because it was only like 33 degrees or something. I don't know. It was super cold. Uh, but it was, gosh, all the acts there were so fun. Miranda Lambert, Dirks Bentley, Dustin Lynch. It was just an incredible experience. If you ever get the chance to go to a stadium series, I highly recommend. I could only imagine that the Heritage Classic and the Winter Classic would just be equivalent to, if not more amazing. Uh, Nashville obviously holds a special place to my heart. I was so excited to be a part of the first one here and I cannot wait to see, you know, what next year's will hold. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, super glad I went, and I hope you guys got to watch it on TV. Couldn't have asked for a better time other than having the Preds win, but you know what, Tampa Bay put on a hell of a show, and go Preds! Clearly, Breezy had a good time. Hopefully, <laughs> she is warming up and still enjoying her time in Nashville. Um, I'm so glad she was able to uh, send us a little update here, and I'm sure we'll talk more in depth when she is back uh, next week. I'm going to give my two cents on what I thought about the stadium series. And if you can't tell, if you're watching it on video by the shirt I'm wearing, it is my Miranda Lambert shirt. She was my highlight of the game. I'm sorry. Um, Actually, all the musicians were the highlight of the game for me because I love country music. I know Breezy does too. And I also love hockey, obviously. But um, getting to see my girl Miranda perform, um, she's just so incredible. She's She's the only female country singer on Broadway in Nashville to have her very own bar and restaurant. A lot of the male uh, country singers and groups have their own bars. She's the only female to have one there, which is super badass. I love her. I love all her music. I thought she looked amazing. I loved her fringe jacket and the sparkles and she sounded great. And I loved both of the songs she chose. Um, Dirk Bentley also performed and Jesse James Decker did the national anthem man does that girl have a set of pipes and she oh the chills just like incredible I can't imagine being Steven Stamkos who was standing like basically right next to her because she was singing like all the players had lined up in a single file line and she walked down the middle of it and ended up stopping like towards the front and I can't imagine listening to her sing like that powerfully standing right next to her. I'm sure uh, Stammer was getting goosebumps uh, from that, but um, I'd love to ask him about that. I bet nobody did. Anyway, um, the game itself was really fun. I thought it was super cool. What a highlight to have uh, Pekka Renee there who threw a catfish on the ice, um, which I'm sure was pretty special for him uh, having seen many catfish thrown on the ice while he was playing uh, in the goal in in goal and to have um, the chance for him to actually do that because some of the Tennessee Titans football players were there since the game was played at Nissan Stadium where the football team plays. 
um, they brought out a catfish for Pekka to throw on the ice, which I just thought was super cool. Uh, the whole thing was just a great spectacle, great for the sport, good hockey, Unif uniforms questionable. I did love the buckets though. Um, the predators had just like two stars on them on one side, which I thought was kind of cool. And then the lightning had a lightning bolt on theirs. That I thought was a nice, interesting little touch, but the jerseys, I mean, they were, we talked about this last week, Breezy and I on the episode, so you can go back and hear our thoughts on that, or maybe it was the week before. I don't remember. Let's send it on over to our guest for the week, Frank Longo. This week's episode of the House of Hockey podcast is brought to you by... Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy basketball contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited minimum five dollar deposit gambling problem call 1-800 gambler in tennessee call or text the tn red line 1-800-889-9789 in connecticut call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call one eight seven seven eight hope and why or text hope and why that's four six seven three six nine frank welcome hey guys how's it going hope all's good well. good um tell everybody who you are and what you do in the hockey world yeah, so I'm the assistant coach and scout for Nipissing University for the women's uh, varsity hockey program, um, as well as a goaltending scout for uh, recruit scouting, which is an independent scouting agency. So, um, and recently, actually, I ventured off and started my own business called Creature Goaltending, which is uh, for elite goaltending development. So, um, that's kind of the next stage of what I'm doing, I guess you can say. So I'm guessing you were a goalie at some point, or how did you get into that side of this? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I was, so that was uh, the position I play. I was a goaltender in the Whippy uh, organization, Whippy uh, Minor Hockey AAA, and then also with the Whippy Fury, which is in the Ontario Junior Hockey League, um, and then retired um, at the age of 19. Um, but I actually started coaching when I was 14. So um, I've been coaching for over 11 years now, so it's been a long time. Kind of set myself up knowing that if it didn't work out, um, as a goaltender that I would still have a chance um, to make the National Hockey League in a different route. So um, different path, the same goal. Um, and uh, here we are now and, um, and still pursuing it. So, 
Awesome. So how did you uh, get into Aki? I'm assuming uh, you were kind of just born uh, born and raised into it, but what was the, uh, what was the uh, motivation there? Yeah, actually, um, it's ironically, it wasn't that. So I have a kind of a unique story. Um, I didn't start playing organized hockey until the age of nine years old. So I couldn't even skate at the age of nine um, and wow. kind of screwed up the whole uh, Whippy Minor Hockey Organization. They actually now have a rule um, that you can't jump up more than two levels in one year because I kind of screwed the whole system up by going house to play as a goalie. All you can tell a lot, you can, you can just imagine what that would do to a lot of hockey parents who have been, um, you know, putting their kid in, you know, single A, double A, trying to wait for the opportunity. And all of a sudden this house league goalie uh, kind of just jumps into higher rankings. Right. So that, uh, that kind of sparked a lot, but yeah, I started at age of nine, couldn't even skate. I didn't come from a family with hockey. Um, I actually grew up in a single parent home uh, with my twin sister and my grandmother. Um, didn't really have that uh, father figure, that male figure. So um, hockey wasn't really prominent, but I grew up with a lot of um, uh, friends on my street that played road hockey. So that's kind of where the love kind of grew from the age of six years old to nine. Just um, never really had the, uh, I was I was always scared to ask my mom to play hockey with how expensive it was. But then eventually, you know, she realized how much of a passion it was for me. So she, uh, you know, obviously kudos to uh, to moms out there and, and hockey moms especially. And um, and yeah, and she, she was the one that kind of made my dream a reality and I just kind of put the work in and, and then that's how everything happened. So. Dang, that's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you are obviously doing scouting now, mostly for, uh, for women did growing up and be- with basically all women make you want to pursue, uh, the women's sport, uh, more than maybe the men's. Yeah, no, actually I, so I, I started in the men's side. So I've been in the men's game for a long time. I still am with the goalies I coach, but um, my first actual taste working with, um, you know, female athletes, elite female athletes was um, last season when I was at Stansted College, which is um, where I worked last year located in Quebec. Um, so I was with the varsity uh, women's um, program there and um, with the men's uh, or the boys varsity program, I should say. And, um, and yeah, it was kind of like my first taste and it was, you know, a great experience. Um, you know, I feel like this obviously growing up with, you know, around females my entire life, you know, I, I, I can kind of build that relationship um, even easier from a male uh, standpoint. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it was great. And then I got the opportunity to come back home here, uh, to North Bay, um, cause this is where I went to university since 2016. So, um, I got the opportunity to come back and, uh, here we are. So is there really any difference then between coaching women goalies versus men's goalies and, or just players in general Yeah, in, like, the, in the hockey space? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, like that's always a, it's always a fun like topic to discuss because like, to be honest with you, like there's not really a difference. Like, you know, the human beings, like it doesn't matter, you know, what your gender is, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're they're there to get better and, you know, to, uh, you know, build a bunch of, de- uh, build a, or develop a bunch of stuff. I mean, regards off ice or on ice, um, cause it's a vehicle for life. Right. So, um, you know, these players, uh, doesn't matter what your gender is, you know, they're there to, you know, build uh, towards a good team culture and, and winning a championship too. So, um, no, I, I don't really find much of a difference to be honest with you. I just find that females are maybe a little more communicative, um, in all, in all, um, times of a game. So if it's, you know, high pressure, if it's, you know, it's just a fun practice, whatever it may be, um, there's a little more communicative, but, other than that, it's basically the same thing. 
that's what I thought. And I, it's just nice to hear a little reassurance and, you know, trying to support the women's sport in like the professional space is something that, um, I'm passionate about and breezy is too. So we're always, um, interested to give more insight to the listeners so that they, you know, aren't, aren't just hearing it from us, you know, two women who don't actually play hockey, but love it. So yeah, no, they're awesome. Amazing athletes. Like, like, like I said, I can't say, um, I'm like, I can't even, describe the type of dedication some of these female athletes have, you know, especially a stance that a lot of them end up going to division one, um, and double and even the athletes here in youth sports, like their dedication to the sport and their, and their dedication to, uh, you know, bettering themselves is, uh, you know, is inspiring as a coach, um, from my perspective and, you know, to, uh, you know, other, other individuals in the, in the game of hockey. So when it comes to scouting, let's just go with like, in the, on the female side right now, like what, like specific things are you looking for in the players, both on the ice and off the ice? Like what are some of the parameters and qualities that you're looking for? So for athletes who are coming up or, you know, just to give us an insight of what the game looks like now. Yeah. To be honest with you, my biggest thing is like, obviously if you're studying players, you know, they're good hockey players. There's a reason why they play in that league that you're looking at. Um, and there's obviously, you know, there's, there's going to be time for them to develop. Like, are they going to be, you know, a starter right, right away at the youth sports level, um, from junior depends how good they are, but not, not, not usually. Right. So for me, when I scout, it's, you're looking for good people. So I love to look at, you know, I, I love to reach out to coaches. I love the, you know, using my network and find out more about, you know, the individual off the ice, you know, how they, how are they with their teammates? You know, how are they, uh, you know, work, um, working uh within the team culture you know how are they in the classroom all those type of things are very important because at the end of the day you're bringing in people to not only your program but to your university as well so it's a, a you're a student athlete so you want to be, bring good people to uh, the community um you know who want to actually go out there make a difference you know uh and give back to the community as well and, and then at the same time be dedicated to uh you know hopefully winning a championship so those are kind of big things off the ice and obviously on the ice, you know, you can talk about all the technical stuff that, you know, you look at, um, you know, as a goalie perspective or, or a, if you're looking at a player and that's all going to be based on your specific needs for that, for the next season and, you know, who's graduating and, you know, maybe what's not going right that season. So there's a lot of um, variables in, in regards to that, but off the ice, definitely someone who can build a strong team culture and, uh, and give back to, to the community that you're a part of. Well, because you have that, background of scouting does are you able to kind of put that into your coaching side and because you have that do your players kind of maybe respect you a little bit more and maybe listen to you more knowing that you are actively scouting as well and that you know what you're talking about you know what you'd be looking for you know what other scouts are are looking for yeah I, I think I think the girls are pretty good um you know with all the, the whole coaching staff, regardless if you're the one in charge of scouting or not, um, we kind of run a tight ship. We don't really have a big coaching staff. Um, at this moment, we only have um, two, two like myself and then one other assistant, um, and then uh, a mental performance coach who's even on the ice. And you know, the girls are amazing with uh, um, with being responsive and, and, you know, and listening and, and being coachable. And I think that's one reason why we're such a successful program is because everyone's bought in and the people in the the players that we do bring in, you know, they buy in right away before they even step on their first ice session with, with the program. So um, being responsive like that, being coachable, I think is 
uh, know, a testament to the, to the program, but also to our head coach, Darren Turcotte. So um, he's done a, fan, a fantastic job building the program, but also uh, developing the players um, that he scouted years ago and are now, uh, you know, players who log in a lot of minutes for, for this program now. Cause this is my, this is my second season scouting for the program, but my first season actually as a coach, cause last year, like I said, I was at Stanstead college. So, um, you know, the, a lot of it is, uh, all of it is Darren Turcotte. So um, I think that's a, uh, that's a big thing too, but in regards to going back to the coaching side and the whole scouting be going through the process as well. Cause I was a varsity athlete myself. I went through the scouting process. Like, so going through it as an athlete, you know, you can bring you know those experiences and um, tools that you have in your toolbox. Um, so then when you're scouting, you know, you can remember the process and you know what you enjoyed about it and what you did it and, and vice versa. And even, even in uh, in the coaching world too. So what's the best thing to do training wise then for like an aspiring player who's trying to, either play in college to play in junior to play in a professional league anywhere you know what advice do you have from your perspective yeah i'll probably go off the grid here and say uh playing different sports um because it makes you more of a it makes you uh more versatile uh, makes you a better athlete and i think having that break in the off season makes you feel more refreshed when you do come back because it's a grind. It's eight months, it's entire university. Uh, I'm talking from a university perspective. If you're talking about players in minor hockey, it's the same thing. You're still in, you're still in high school. You're still in, you know, you're still in school during the day and then you have to do the grind at night. Right. So, um, and if you want to go the extra mile, it's like that extra time it takes into, uh, to being that better player. So um, definitely playing different sports, I think is massive because you see a lot of players now, their parents are putting them in, you know, summer showcases and summer teams and, it's it's to put your body and use the same muscles and, and do the same thing repetitively 12 months, 12 months of the year and do that year after year, it takes a toll on your body. And, you know, you want to strengthen other muscles. It makes you a better athlete. It makes you see it from a different perspective. It makes you more coachable. Like, there's just so many benefits. I can, I can go down the list and talk about a whole podcast episode about that. But um, yeah, going off the grid, I think definitely playing different sports for sure. What sports do you think would be uh, most beneficial? Cause I mean, every sport uses kind of the same, same things, but obviously different things too. I mean, baseball, hand-eye coordination, that could be good for goalies, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything off the top of your head that you think would be like an alternative other than hockey that would be a good sport? Yeah, I think like, like you said, you nailed on the head. Every every sport kind of has, you know, something that's uh, transferable, but um, in regards to hockey, like I'm kind of being a little biased here. I think lacrosse would be one just because the hand-eye coordination and contact. I know it's not contact in female hockey, but there is at the same time. So just being able to have that aspect, there's cardio involved, you know, the agility. So I think lacrosse uh, is kind of like an overall, like almost like hockey with those skates. Um, but then you have basketball, I think would be a great sport too. Um, just like the whole team dynamic and then, you know, how, you know, the like the uh, – like how fast you have to move, like it's the, the agility and um, and the lateral quickness you have to have as a basketball player, I think is, um, you know, something that's transferable, but yeah, basically any sport to be honest with you, it's like, um, like you said, baseball too for hand-eye coordination and, you know, there's sport, there's uh, short stints of sprinting. So a um, lot of, a lot of different aspects you can bring into a lot of different sports. What would you say on the mental side of the game? What as a coach, do you do to help players like mentally prepare visualizations, like meditations, any of those kinds of things and, or like just supporting them from that 
emotional side, right? Like, cause of the sport and, and playing sports still has a lot of emotion involved, um, and a range of emotions you can go through in a game. So how do you coach that mindset? Yeah, I, I think it's, that's where you kind of pull those experiences from your own playing career and, and just from your coaching career, like, you, you know, going through so many different experiences and scenarios, um, you can pull, pull from that. But, um, at the same time, like, I'm really big into reading. So, you know, I, I like to suggest, um, you know, personal development books. Like I have a bunch up here, like, you know, winning by Tim Grover is a great one or the obstacles away by Ryan holiday. Like there's just a bunch of books. So I recommend that to my goalies, just especially in the off season, not so much in season. Cause there's always, there's always so much going on. Plus already being a student, but in the off season, when you know, things are kind of on the down low, you know, picking up a book and just kind of developing that mental psyche and, um, and, building that confidence and I think just by reading books the more information you have you know the more you learn about yourself and you know how you respond so that's one but to be honest with you it's it's this is where the coaching side comes out and it's really important is building that effective relation that effective communicative relationship with your athletes so you know when they do have when they're when they're having a bad day or you know there's something that's going on outside the rank they can open up and talk to you about that and know that it's not going to you know be judged and there's a kind of like a safe space um, so like for me, like, um, building that, uh, that effective communication and, and building that, uh, you know, everlasting relationship with your athletes that go beyond just hockey. Um, that's where you're really going to get a lot out of your athlete, especially during those, uh, trials and tribulations. Players, you know, go to their coach for more than one thing. And I think that there, that's a common, um, I guess, misconception that a lot of people think is like a coach is just a coach, not like a friend. And there is a fine line between being a coach and a friend, um, but I mean, coaches are huge and they've developed, you know, people from the time they're 10, 9, 10 years old, all the way up until, you know, 18 years old sometimes. So it's, it's good to hear that. Yeah. They, like, I'm not like, I'm like, you nailed in the head too in that, in that regard. Like, I'm not going to go, you know, sit in the bar and shotgun beers with my players. But at the same time, <laughs> like, if they, if they need to call me at, you know, 11 o'clock at night because, you know, something happened in a relationship or, you know, they, they need to open up in any regard or they're upset about their play and they, they're in a rut. You know, I want to be that that guy that, you know, and that coach that you can come to and, and I can, uh, you know, help uh, kind of navigate through that and get through that rut and uh, and get back to uh, where we need to be. So um, it's kind of being like, you know, a term I heard a long time, it was kind of being like a gatekeeper, if you will, or a caddy, like in golf. And you're kind of just you're showing the guidance, but you're not – you're not the one that makes the decisions for them. It's just kind of guiding them in the right direction based on, you know, the experiences that you went through as an athlete or you know, as a person as well. Yeah. I think that method of coaching that you're describing that you do um, we've heard from a few other uh, coaches who are in like uh, youth development um, and that that's what they really try to do. And they just try to make sure that they're having fun and like enjoying and, and, keeping what's important there but I feel like it hasn't made its way all the way up to like the NHL or am I wrong like is that I I still think we're not seeing that fully trusting dynamic maybe maybe not with the head coach maybe in the NHL they're seeing that amongst some of like the specialty coaches and the assistants and there's like so many other people involved in the organization but um, do you think that that method would really work in the NHL or would it not work? Oh, hundred percent would work. And I, I think you're hundred percent right too, in, in regards to the um, like, you know, supportive autonomy coaching style. Um, 
that's kind of, you know, the new method of coaching. Like you want to build relationships with your, with your athletes instead of being like an authority figure. Like you don't want to, you know, have to lay the hammer every single day because that's how you create fear. And, you know, as much as, you know, you can watch a last dance and say Michael Jordan got the most of his athletes being a tyrant. Like there's a reason why he's not an NBA coach. You know what I mean? Like sure. He, he got the results, but you know, a lot of, like a lot of his teammates feared him and, he even hated, he even said he hated the way he did it, but he had to do what he had to do to win. And, um, you know, that's, that's an old school approach, right? Like that thing about when, you know, the last dance actually took place. Right. So, um, no, it's that, I think there's a lot of coaches who have that style and that's the reason why they made that NHL now, but there's still definitely some that are being weeded out. And I think that's just the whole aspect of the NHL. You know, they, they call it kind of like, you know, an old man's club and it, and it is, and I think it's definitely changing. And I think that's, the, that's a positive side of things. You know, you're seeing a lot more females being hired in, in your front offices and, you know, coaching opportunities. Um, but like, yeah, for example, like look at Vancouver, like they were absolutely horrendous at the beginning of the year. And they had all of these, you know, that the old man club is, you can say, uh, you know, in the front office and things weren't working and they basically did a whole reorg and look how the organization, like they've been playing pretty good hockey recently since, you know, they've kind of uh, reorg their entire uh, front office, with, you know, hiring three females and it has nothing to do with them being females or males or just giving opportunity to individuals that deserve it. Like it's, it's individuals that might not have that pro background who didn't play 15 years in NHL, but you know, they're good enough to do the job and they've proved it and they're giving them the opportunity to prove it. And I think that's why you're going to see an organization like Vancouver, you know, win a Stanley Cup lost sooner than you think because of what they're building at the front office. And that's just going to trickle down all the way to, uh, you know, to the players on the ice who are going to produce the uh, the results. So, yeah, I think I, I think it's, it's gotta be a, it's a, it's a fine balance. Like you're saying, because we saw it with Jeremy Colleton, like a really young coach with the Blackhawks, but yet, you know, he was really wanting their involvement and their opinions and their input and things like that. But like the results on the ice were not there. Um, so I think, I mean, yes, maybe that's like a one-off, but I think there's gotta still be some sort of like, respect and authority and trust in the coach as well. Not like saying you're this way at all, but I think it was, you know, we're starting to see some of that trickle into the NHL, but it's not been quite figured out exactly. I don't, I don't yeah. think. Well, look at Montreal too, right. With uh, Ducharme there, right. Like he, he lost, definitely lost the respect of his athletes. And right. I saw, I saw a tweet and it, it kind of made me giggle like a little bit. Cause it's just like, it is crazy to think, it was like, if you saw these two different news articles, you wouldn't believe it. And one of them was in June. It was like, the Habs are off to the Stanley Cup final. And then it's it's January and it says, is this the worst Habs team of all time? And it's like, like it's almost like a, like what the hell just happened in a matter of months? And it, it's crazy, but like, that's how important your coaching staff is. And I feel like, you know, they hired him like late last year and like then they went to the finals and all this stuff and he's he was fired within a year but like yeah he went to a stand like the final like it's just i know there's so many different circumstances like you know it's out of his control i think he was kind of i'm not saying he's a bad coach by any means i'm just saying he lost the respect of his players and and then look what happened right so um they definitely were responsive and i think getting uh, martin st louis in there i think will uh, bring a different uh fresh voice to uh to the organization so definitely yeah, that's going to be uh, wild to see how that all plays out because I know some of the players are have been tweeting and there's been some uh, articles that have come out saying how, you know, they were inspired, you know, by him to play and now that's the coach. But 
Um, I want to trickle back to where you said, um, you know, training and coaching male versus female goalies and how the females have better uh, communication, as you would say. Now, do you think implementing having female coaches or front office people, much like the Vancouver Canucks, with their form of communication, I think it's a well-known thing that women, you know, communicate better than men in general anyway, and that's not a stab towards anybody. No, yeah, no. But, no, yeah, no. Um, having that communication maybe trickle further down the line all the way to, you know, the players and, and everything, do you think that will be more beneficial or do you think that could cause uh, more of a, a ripple in maybe, you know, a, a coach thinking that maybe this, this female uh, GM or something is stepping on his toes because there's too much communication going on and it could be taken as, Oh, she's telling me how to do my job and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I think um, that's why the interview process is so important. I think they definitely had, I think they had more than one female that they were interviewing. Right. So, and, and I don't even think it was just like, obviously it wasn't just females. It was also males too. So it was just the best suited person for the job. So in, in regards to, you know, her being over communicative or, you know, stepping boundaries, I think they would have got a sense of that in the interview process or maybe, you know, from reference checks in the past. So I think in regards to, you know, the management that they did hire, I think they, they're the right people for the job based on what their specific needs are. And um, it's obviously been working so far with, uh, you know, the results. I know, like, they just got hired, so it's not like they've made such an impact already that, like, it's all on them by any means. But I think it's just, again, for the players, they know there's moves being done. They know that they're going into the right direction, and they're serious about actually winning. It's not it's not just about the owners and, um, you know, keeping face, um, kind of like what Chicago is doing, just trying to keep face with all this with all this garbage going on. Um, but uh, it's it's more it's more about hiring the right people and and trying to chase something that, uh, you know, all 32 teams are trying to chase, which is the Stanley Cup. So. Right. And speaking of Stanley Cups, that's a, that's a goal of yours, right? To, uh, to work with the team to get them there. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the end result. Like I said, um, it's always been since, you know, before I even, you know, played organized hockey, that was kind of what, you know, drove me and um, inspired me in this game was, you know, seeing those players and the passion and you know the emotion and, you know, the, the bumps and grind of, you know, four four best of seven series plus an eight two game season like just to see the the raw emotion the kind of it, it, it inspired me it still does it gives me chills every time i think about it even you know, as a 25 year old so um you know it's something that it's a lifelong goal for me and obviously i want to do it as a player and it didn't happen that way but like i said it's a different different route but it's the same goal so um but yeah no the goal is to win the stanley cup as a goaltending scout with an organization um so that's uh yeah that's where i'm that's uh, what I'm working towards. What about the team? Does it matter what team? No, no, that, that whatever team uh, gives me, uh, you know, my first opportunity, that's, uh, you know, that'd be uh, ideal. But to be honest with you, I grew up a Vancouver fan. I think Vancouver would be a pretty cool, uh, cool spot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that like, especially seeing them lose in 2011. Cause I was, I remember I was like, I was just so sad for like a week straight after that. I was young. I was, I was, I just remember it was like devastating because I was a big Luongo guy and they were one game away and they lost at home. It would have been like the perfect storybook. Um, and then they, they didn't win obviously. Right. So, um, you know, to be a part of maybe the first championship that comes back to Canada, let alone, uh, you know, with Vancouver would be pretty surreal. So you're manifesting it right now. You're putting it uh, out there. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. 
that'd be pretty cool but we'll see you never know that's the best part about life i think is you never know what's around the corner and um and that's uh that's kind of what makes the game of hockey too uh, so special you never know what phone call can come through you know so yeah oh yeah um, and you never know what friends you're going to make in this community as well, which is something I love. But uh, talk about goalies currently in the NHL or uh, on the PWHPA side or the NWHL, which is renamed something else that I haven't committed to memory, but um, that's the, the women's side. Um, what uh, goalie wise, who is the most impressive or best in your opinion or a style of goalie uh, play and or personality and or mental side of the game do you really like? Yeah, and no, uh, yeah, for I sure. I don't expect you're gonna say Jordan Bennington because he's taken a sharp left turn lately. I don't know what's going on there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that's no, it's funny because I, I actually am somewhat of a, a Bennington fan, which is funny, but um, in regards <laughs> to uh, top three, I think all, all time, and I know I'm kind of going off the grid too, and I know a lot of people would disagree, but this, this is my opinion. I think the best goalie of all time is Mark andre Fleur. I, that's, I think, just the way, you know, he's won three Stanley Cups. I know he wasn't a starter for two of them, um, but, like, to be able to win a Stanley Cup as a starter, he's been in the finals five times, too. So, like, he's been a starter and been in the finals three times um, and won with an expansion team in their first year, right? Like, just, like, the things that he's done in his career, being an Olympic gold medal, I know he was a like, medalist, sorry. I know he was a third goalie, but still, like, you could say he's an Olympic gold medalist. Um, and if you looked at two goalies in front of him at that time, it was Luongo and Broder. Like, it's pretty hard to, you know, play in front of those guys and at the Olympics. So um, there's that. Uh, and then um, there's just his personality off the ice. You know, what he's oh, done yeah. in the organization, I think, is, like, the ideal professional athlete. And you hear so often on social media that he's probably the most liked uh, um, teammate in all professional sports, let alone in fan bases, right? So, like, just the epitome of Mark andre Fleury and, you know, what he's done and, you know, the, how he always has a smile on his face and, you know, how hard he works and, you know, the success has come even through all the adversity. I think, uh, in my opinion, I think he's the best all time and, he, and he's up there. He's top three in every category. So I'm behind again, Mark, like Broder and, and, and uh, Patrick Waugh. So yeah, definitely Fleury. And, his, and then obviously his playing style too. I, I can go on about that, but um, in, a two, in regards to two goalies now, I like, um, Igor Shashirkin on New York Rangers, I really like. Um, he, I know he's a smaller goalie, but um, he's just been lights out. Very, very uh, talented goaltender. And then obviously Andre Vasilevsky, I think, is mm -hmm. a freak. I think that guy's a creature on his own. So um, to win back to back like that. And I think there was some crazy stat that like every deciding game in the playoffs, you got to shut out in the last two years or something crazy like that. Like if you, want, if you go back, every series clinching game was a shutout something ridiculous like that i could like you may have you might have to do a stat check on that but uh but something something similar to that and again you you know won the con smite he's only 26 years he's a year older than me and he's you know con smite winner two times Stanley cup champion like the guy's already done it all and like so i think he's gonna be a, a hall of famer one day too so yeah those those are the three guys i would say right now in the nhl that are um the epitome of goaltending yeah flurry just has so much fun out there like when they mic him up and the Blackhawks just posted something about him, just how much fun he has out there. Like yeah. he's just, and I think that's such an important quality in any ad, like athlete is like to remember to have fun and find the fun in it. Um, and, and he does it well. He's such a great 
great example of that. Um, something I wanted to ask you about was when you were talking about uh, scouting and recruiting goalies and things like that, we all know that goalies tend to have some quirks or some uh, superstitions or traditions or whatever it is that's just become sort of like a, a common thread, if you will. So do you guys like ask them, like, what's your weird thing you do as a goalie? Or do you just like try to figure it out in like watching tape or like, what do you do? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't ask, but just because I, you know, all the goalies I've worked with over the last 11 years and, and then also being a goalie, I kind of have an idea of, you know, the, the, the weirdness that you can, like, you can, you can pinpoint it, like, just by watching them live, especially like, in between whistles or, um, you know, if the puck's in the, uh, in the offensive zone, if I'm really watching just the one goal, goaltender in that game, I'm not watching both, I'll watch them when the puck's at the other end. I just want to see, you know, are they paying attention? Are they like kind of like looking in the blue paint? Are they like looking in the stands? Like I want to see, you know, their focus level. Like there's a lot of unique, minute um, little aspects of, you know, the whole overall scouting uh, package. So um, yeah, like I, I look at all those little things, you can kind of see like the, the little, uh, the little weirdness that comes out. So, um, and also just talking to them over time, just getting to learn, um, learn about them and, and be on the edge with them. So, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something you, you take into account, but it's, it's more for, uh, for the fun of it, not, uh, not to kind of persuade your decision. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been watching somebody and just being like, what are you doing? That, that must be your weird thing that you do. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like this, like I'm trying to think what like one would be like, like for me, like my weird thing was, Anytime I, I can, I, I don't even think I've ever said this out loud before, but like, um, like my weird thing is every time I thought about getting scored on, I had to tap my stick twice on the ice to reset my brain. Yeah. So again, so you look at me sometimes and I, and I would just like lightly like tap my stick twice on the blue paint. And then you'd be like, why the fuck do you just like tap your stick? <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's because like that's for me to reset my brain and be like, okay, like I'm not going to get scored on now if I tap my stick twice. And I think it's because like a long time ago, like I must have done that, and then like they hit a goal post, like an empty net or something, and I must have been like, "Wow, like that's my superstition now." And, and yeah, I still do it now in men's league. So I mean, like it's just, it's just weird. So that's like my that's one of my weird things. It's the power <laughs> of the brain. I mean, yeah, you know, it it's just the power of our minds and what we tell ourselves and what we believe. And if it works, it works. And like if you stop believing, or you know, but like, do you risk trying? trying it and not doing it and seeing what happens probably not let's just no, keep it no. going <laughs> exactly yeah you don't want to switch up with, um you know, any superstitions for sure <laughs> not on a game so that what, matters yeah no, 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 is no, no, there no. something that sticks out in your mind and you don't have to say names or anything where you're like that is something i've never seen before like that is the weirdest thing i've ever seen or funniest thing you've ever seen strangest <laughs> superstition oh i definitely i've definitely had some really weird teammates that weren't goalies we like more like definitely more weird than me like i'm there's def i can think of one and he won't care that i say his name he's uh, actually he's on his way to being a, a pro golfer in the pga um now but uh he his name is zach biminitz and he used to um have to get um the oreo like oreo uh, cookies and cream chocolate bar like that little like thin one you know what i'm talking about yeah and I remember one time we were in this arena that had no um, concession stand or, or um, 
anywhere you can get chocolate. And the closest place was like 20 minutes. And he made his dad drive 20 minutes, like in a snowstorm to get him one singular chocolate bar. And he, I think he missed the first couple of minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> he smashed his chocolate bar just, just so he can play. So his dad drove, got him like a, a dollar chocolate bar just so he can smash it and then jump on the ice. And I think he ended up scoring like two goals or whatever. But like, that's again, this is like mindset. Like he wouldn't go on the ice without a damn cookies and cream bar in his, in his stomach. So, and that's just like one example. Like I, I, there's definitely way, um, you know, way uh, better ones I can think of, even from lacrosse to some teammates, but you know, that's one I want to stick out for sure. Yeah. That's an odd one. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's, I like, I'm sure you guys like understand it because you all have your own things. Some people do, some people don't. And it's like, it's just a stupid like cookie bar, but like to him, it's so much more, you know? Oh, it's no, a, like, you, you'll be thinking about it on a breakaway. I didn't have my damn cookie. I didn't have my cookie and cream bar. And then like, you know what I mean? So at the time I was a little pissed. Like he was one of our best players and the guy's just like refusing to go on the bench. He's like, like, what are you doing? And then, you know, he goes out there and scores two goals. I, I don't care about the first three minutes. So, Right. you're like yeah. all right whatever i'm over that whole cookies and cream thing yeah i wonder if your buddy uh smashes a uh, cookies and cream before he uh hits the course now i'm i have to i definitely have to send this to him and uh and see what he said <laughs> yeah. I, I i'm curious too like i i still keep in touch with him here and there not obviously too often this is back when i was probably like 14 15 this is a long time ago but um <laughs> but yeah i wonder if he still does maybe change it up maybe it's mars bars now is who knows it so we ask everybody these three questions, men or women, um, they're meant to be fun. So do who is your favorite hockey hunk? Hockey hunk. <laughs> uh, wait, do, can I, can I pick, a, do I pick a female? Like, or are you saying like, yeah, oh, well, okay. the, second, the second question is favorite hockey lady. So. Oh. Okay. I don't know about a hunk. Like I like, oof, that's a, I guess I'll just say Mark Andre Fleury, I guess, just because, like I say, I admire him off the ice, so I'll say him. But I um, mean, hockey lady, well, that's a tough one too. Um, I guess uh, nurse on Canada, maybe. We'll take we'll yeah. take her. Sure, we'll say her, and then there's uh, no wrong answer. Here. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think like who I am. I'm trying to think myself. But yeah, nurse, and then what's the what's the third question? Do you have a Sidney Crosby story? Sydney Crosby story, like in regards to like shooting pucks into like a, a dryer. You mean? Uh, no, I uh, no, but th- yeah, sure, that could be your story. Like some people <laughs> have like met him or had oh, stories Sydney. of like meeting, like playing with him, playing against him, um, like choosing him as their video game captain. Like any, like, it could be any stories you've heard of him. That uh, maybe Sydney Crosby, yeah. Um, I, or my, did you shoot pucks into the dryer? No, I didn't. I actually, but I just, I just, I thought it was like you know, like a, a story that like you know that he did when he was a kid type of thing. But in regards to Sidney Crosby, yeah, I my roommate's actually a very big uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fan, like diehard. He's actually watching the game right now, which is kind of funny how you brought that up. So, uh, um, whenever Sidney Crosby comes up on Tim Horns picks, you know the Tim Horns picks. Are you guys in the states or in Canada? States. states. Okay, so there's the Tim Hortons is an app, and you can pick like three random players every day, and you can get points towards free coffee. It's basically free gambling. So, um, and whenever Sidney Crosby's one of the players you can pick, like he like he's it's a guarantee. Like I already know he picked them type of thing. So, 
Um, but yeah, but he actually for uh, for Christmas, yeah, he surprised me with a, a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey at night. He wants me to put Crosby in the back. I might put Flurry though, but um, that's yeah. kind of a kind of a little bit of a Pittsburgh Penguins story, I guess. That's resolves uh, or that involves uh, Sydney Crosby. So. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and um, work with you if they want to work with you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so uh, Longo3434 on uh, Twitter um, and then uh, Longo3434 and underscore on Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Frank Longo, and um, you'll be able to find me on that pretty easily. And and yeah, so those are uh, kind of the, uh, of, uh, those are my socials. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much, Frank. We appreciate it. It was great talking to you. It was a nice conversation and got to talk a little more in depth about some, some things. So thanks for your time. No, I appreciate it again. Thanks again. Thanks for coming over to our house of hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for house of hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.